Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Off and running, here we go. It is Follow the Money on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with uh, Jonathan Von Tobel. Paulie is out for the day as we are live in downtown Las Vegas here at Circa Sportsbook inside the resort and casino. A couple of guests coming up on today's show. Our buddy Indy Jeff Seeley, Wednesdays at uh, like 8.05 Eastern, 5.05 Pacific. So he is uh, he's analyzed the course over in Japan. For the Olympics, he will give us his best bets in men's golf coming up at that time. And Howard Bender from Fantasy Alarm in the third hour of today's show as uh, we'll go over some of his best season-long player props in the NFL. How are you doing today, pal? I'm good. I feel great. You know, up to my eyeballs throughout the day yesterday in NBA draft coverage as that's coming up. Uh, recorded the new podcast. Jim Root of Three Man Weave was with me yesterday on the pod, so we got to discuss a lot in terms of the NBA draft and Olympic hoops, baseball. Feel great, man. You all right? Good. Good to go. I mean, it's a uh, there's a lot to talk about and a lot to like get into. Right. I mean, with so much stuff going on right now at the same time when you include the Olympics and baseball, obviously. Then the news that we had yesterday in the NFL. I mean, the Hall of Fame game is now what a week away, basically. Yep. And uh, the wheels are in motion in Green Bay, right? Ask and you shall receive. As uh, Rodgers asked the team to make some concessions, not only did they chop off that uh, final year of his contract in 2023, he wanted something such as. The team to go back and get Randall Cobb, and they did. And they're going to bring him in to make Aaron Rodgers happy. <laughs> like, that didn't take long, huh? Uh, no, it didn't. And I still I still can't get Look, Randall Cobb's a really solid player. If you look at the PFF stuff and his regular numbers, really good wide receiver, right? 
I just find it hilarious that this might be one of the sticking points that got Aaron Rodgers to come back, right? It's like, that. just just go get me Randall Cobb and we'll be good. I was going to say, <laughs> I was gonna say there, there has to be more to it than this, correct? I mean, like, th- th- does he sit back now and put a cigar in his mouth and like kick back and be like, all right, man, it's all I needed. We're good to go now. Or is it, I feel like it was just more of a test, right? Like, okay, you're giving me all these concessions. You're telling me you're going to make moves. Go get Randall Cobb. And let's see what they do kind of a thing, right? Uh Let's test the waters and see if they actually will listen to me. And they go and get Randall Cobb. And as we discussed yesterday, it is somewhat hilarious that the Chicago Bears ship a wide receiver over to the Houston Texans days ago that then opens the door to allow the Texans to ship off Randall Cobb to to help cement the fact that Aaron Rodgers is going to be in the division yet again. How about that with the timing of it? (laughs) It'll work out beautifully for uh, Chicago. The Bears-esque. Well, so that that move took place. Like, well, we knew that that was going to happen like right away yesterday, mm-hmm. and then later on in the day, we found out that, I mean, simply put, one of if not like the best dude who covers receivers in the entire league. You want to talk about pro football focus numbers who are off the charts? His interceptions have been tremendous. Xavier Howard now demands a trade from the Dolphins. Yep. Now, and I tweeted this out yesterday, and I'm just I'm. I want the team to be active. Speaking of Green Bay for Rodgers, this is something like a move that they would never, ever do in their history. And their salary cap is not great. They have like around $4 million, I think. So it's going to be pretty much impossible to happen. But this is the kind of guy where the Packers should be picking up the phone just to say like, what's it going to take? What do we have to do? Won't happen again. But if suddenly Xavier Howard is on the list, right, of guys that might be available, demanding, how about that, demanding a trade from a uh, a Dolphins team that is expected to make kind of another leap this year. If If Tua really gets it together. Yep, and you know, so there were two teams to me that stuck out in terms of you pick up the phone and you call right away. It was the Green Bay Packers and it was the Las Vegas Raiders. I think if the Raiders, the Raiders have had secondary issues this entire time, and oh, I'm with you. Forever. Right, like when it comes to cap space, all these things, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I also know that if a team wants something to happen, they can make it happen, mm-hmm. right? And so with those two teams, you're right about the Packers, and I think about the, the Las Vegas Raiders too. If you're serious about being better. Go out and acquire this guy. He's one of the better corners in the National Football League. We can talk about scheme fit in both of those systems, but I think for the most part, I'm with you. If you're going to be serious about this, reach out. Yeah, so I'm like you as well. Like The, the cap stuff, I am far from an expert with ca- the capology and the salary cap, cap, whatever. But teams have gotten creative so many times over the years that I, I wonder if like it's possible for them. To... Anyway, the other two teams that were written about last night that make a lot of sense would be the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They have about $9 million. And the other one would be the Cardinals because, of course, they have no more Patrick Peterson on their team after he went to a Minnesota in the offseason. Yep. So those two teams might be at the very top of the list. And certainly, I mean, if the Chiefs could make something like this happen and land Howard, I mean, right? I mean, they, they, they need help defensively as well. We all know this. But they still have like the best player in the NFL, and they're going to win, what, 11, 12, 13, 14 games this year? Yep. To add him before the season starts? My God. To that bend, but don't break defense would be a perfect fit. So those two teams make some sense. That, that, that really stinks for the Dolphins, by the way. Really stinks. And I'll give you a stat here coming up on Howard that uh, solidifies exactly how good the guy's been. And welcome into the program. This is Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Jonathan Von Tobel. And uh, we are starting this hour talking about the National Football League. The Packers are going to make that move. Well, they did. They're going to sign Randall Cobb. Uh, that's the player Aaron Rodgers wanted right away. They're going to make it happen. And... On the Dolphins' front, was Xavier Howard now asking for a trade? This is from Bill Barnwell, ESPN, and he put out part of a story that he had written uh, as a reminder that Xavier Howard finished the most impressive season in terms of creating interceptions in modern league history. Yep. And as he wrote, 
The season did not end well for the Dolphins, but Howard was one of the biggest reasons Brian Flores' team controlled its playoff destiny uh, heading into the final week. According to Next Gen Stats, JBT, passes in Howard's direction cost opposing offenses 30.1 expected points, which was the uh, the best mark for any cornerback in football. The easiest way to generate expected points on defense is to create takeaways, and Howard did plenty of that, becoming the first player since Antonio Cromartie in 2007 to intercept 10 passes in, the, in a season. That was going back to two years ago. He has 18 INTs in the last two years. Yep. And to do that in 2020 is really special. Or maybe I flip, flip-flop that. Uh, quarterbacks are collectively posting the lowest interception rate in league history. Interceptions are really, really hard to come by. To put this in context, Barnwell continued, Howard is responsible for 2.5% of the league's interceptions during the season. That's the best mark since the 1970 merger. And he points out interceptions are not everything for a cornerback. But Howard finished with the best passer rating allowed by a cornerback, 46.5. And that was nearly 14 points better than second place, Jair Alexander. Yep. Numbers don't lie. No, he's great. Like the other ones, right? Targeted 90 times, only giving up 47 receptions. That's just last year. You talk about that. The pass breakups. 10 last year on only you know on 90 targets he's been absolutely incredible he's yep. been, he's been a really good player and th- this is kind of a player where you're talking about this if it's the right scheme and the right fit he's going to be a difference maker on the defense he's going to be the guy that you can feel comfortable lining up against anyone that you were putting in front of him and feel ah, just shadow this guy and we'll take care of the rest going on yep. so and does it open the door right we've talked about this all the time but the dolphins have been in the realm of the Deshaun Watson deal and so now the Houston Texans are also in that realm where okay well Xavier Howard wants out we want a quarterback does he now become part of a package to go ahead and potentially acquire Watson? But I think if you're the Dolphins, you're a team that has a lot of assets and a guy like this, if he's unhappy, this gives you an opportunity to add something to your team. Sure, sure. And a s- small piece of me, like a pipe dream, actually wanted to see the Packers do something like this. You know, mm-hmm. make, make a phone call, pick it up, see what the Dolphins would want, get creative, whatever. That, that would mean Howard would play on the opposite side of Alexander. Right. <laughs> that would be a ridiculous duo to have. With that pass <laughs> rush, too, by the way, yeah. like with Green Bay, that would be absolutely incredible. Yep. And uh, we'll play a piece of audio here coming up in a second. Is this going to be a problem that's going to linger in the NFL for the entire season? Speaking of COVID, is this something that we're going to have to handicap again on a day-in, day-out day basis, Seems weekly right. basis, right? It's becoming more of a problem in baseball right now, which right. we'll get into here in a little bit, but the NFL... And uh, certain teams, you know, came out and said their team is good to go pretty much. I think uh, it was the Raiders, right? John Gruden said yesterday they are highly vaccinated on the team out here in Las Vegas. On the flip side, you have Ron Rivera for the Washington football team who was talking to the press yesterday, and he told everybody that he is frustrated right now with his team. I I am. I'm I'm truly frustrated. I'm, I'm beyond frustrated, you know. Uh, and part of it is, and the reason I walked in with the mask on is, you know, I'm, I'm immune deficient. Okay, so with this new variant, who knows? So when I'm in a group and, and, and the group's not vaccinated or there's mixture, I put the mask on. Um, and I do that, you know, for health reasons, because uh, nobody really knows. And so I'm, you know, I, I, I have to do that. And I just wish and I hope that our guys can understand that. Well, okay, so I'm not going to sit here on a gambling network and uh, you know yell at players that you have to go get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. It's not what I'm going to do. But to that guy, it's almost like a slap in the face. Yeah. And again, players, players, if you don't want to get it, you don't want to get it. I'm not here to go tell you that you know, you're know you an idiot if you don't want to go do it. Whatever, that's your choice, right? 
But this guy was all, he, you know, look, I had those tickets on Kevin Stefanski last year to win coach of the year. And I, you know, Stefanski had an amazing case to win it. Yeah. I was also a little biased because I had him. I did not have Rivera. What if I had a problem? Had Stefanski lost out to Rivera for coach of the year with what they did to navigate the quarterback situation? Alex Smith had to come back and play a little bit. That defense, how much better they got. And this guy was getting cancer treatments during the games. Right. That's how good of a coaching job he did. And he's already a two-time coach of the year in the NFL. The guy is really, really good. And now he comes out and says, yeah, I have a mask on. I'm immune deficient. I just had to go through treatments for cancer last year. And I'm a little frustrated with my guys. And even if, I would say this, even if however you feel about the situation around the vaccines and Ron Rivera's feeling about this, from a purely football perspective, I talked about this with Michael Lombardi. This isn't going away, right, in terms of the vaccinations, coaches having to get new jobs and status, right? We talked about the guy in Minnesota, all these things. Like, at the end of the day, you would think that the, uni- un- the unifying message would be, look, guys, like, you want to win a championship or not? Yep. Because these little things are going to eventually hold you back when it comes to having to get tested as frequently as you have to, right, if you're not going to be vaccinated. If we can't field a certain position because of an outbreak of unvaccinated players. We have to forfeit games now in the National Football League. Like, this could be a roadblock to you losing games in the NFL. So I think that was also the surprising thing is looking at the resistance behind this, which is like it also works against your ultimate goal as a National Football League player, does it not? Mm-hmm. Like, so I, like, uh, you can feel for him giving everything he's done from a personal standpoint and then from a football standpoint, it is pretty fascinating to see some teams still dealing with these low vaccination rates. Are we going to go through... Are we going to be in week two, week three, yeah. and then on a, on a Wednesday morning or a Thursday night, whatever the day it might be, like later on in the week, ah, here you go, big-name player who hasn't been vaccinated now has COVID, and he's going to have to miss the game and who knows how much time, right? It happened. I was watching the Nationals game last night yep. against the Phillies, and so all of a sudden, Trey Turner's taken out of the game, and I'm on social media at the time, and people are freaking out, right? Oh, my God, they're going to trade him. That was the initial thought because there are trade rumors out there about Trey Turner and how he could go to a contender, right? And then for like a couple of innings, Nobody had any idea why he was pulled out. And then they went back and they kind of broke down some of the film of like right before he left. And he was like grimacing. Uh, he had this look on his face at one point where he's like, you know, it looked like he may have been injured a little bit. And the broadcast crew was like, oh, was he banged up? Was he, is he hurt? What the hell's going on here? Yep. And then it came out a little bit later on. No, he has COVID. Trey Turner's yanked out of the game because of COVID. Like, this, is this go- Lombardi said on Monday he thinks this is going to be a problem all year long. Yeah. Well, especially when now, too, when you have a situation like a Buffalo, right? where you have Cole Beasley, who might be the one anchor in terms of the wide receiving core, are you weighing this team down, and what happens there? And now they went to go get Emmanuel Sanders, and it looks like they have taken precautions, right? They have a relatively deep wide receiving core. Yep. But little things like that could ultimately hold the team back from the ultimate goal. And like that's, that has been the most surprising thing, because it seems like no matter what, the unifying message has been, hey, Super Bowl. But even right here, this seems to be holding some teams back. Yep, yep. Now, I don't really uh, I don't pay attention to news like local news. Okay. I don't watch like, hey, tune in tonight at 10 and we'll tell you the worst news of the uh, you know uh, of your entire life coming up in the first say, 15 minutes of the show. It's only like 20 minutes of like the saddest stories it's, ever. It's always just, there's nothing positive that ever comes out of watching news, right? Ever. Um, I think that world was ending if you watch news. <laughs> but, I, but I did see this yesterday, okay. right? And I, I noticed it like on Twitter or whatever, that here in Las Vegas, I'll give you an example. If you are coming out here to sign up for these contests, whatever, it's now mandated again. Right? I think it starts, does it start last night? Does it start today? I don't even remember the date, but it starts like this week. You, if you're going to go to a casino, mm-hmm. right, masks are going to be required mm-hmm. again because COVID numbers are up. And uh, I noticed that some, some spots, like in certain states, 
different countries are now peaking like for the first time. Like their their numbers are matching like last year's March numbers, which is incredible to me. Yeah. That we're getting back here. But if you're coming out here, like that's anyway, that's what I saw yesterday is that the masks are gonna be coming to a casino, you're gonna have to wear one. Yep. Now, we're not out of this, and it's going to be something that we deal with. You would think that it's not going to be as frequent in the National Football League as it was last year, yeah. right? And the, the National Football League itself has been pretty staunch on this. They don't want to they don't want to postpone games. We don't want a Ravens-Steelers game on Wednesday at, what was it, like 11 o'clock yes. in the morning that we had or whatever that it game was. It was wild. Right, it was weird. And every once in a while, we could talk about, like, hey, man, it was cool to have a game. No, it wasn't because it was backups playing one another. It wasn't very good. Play. It wasn't a well-played game at all, right? And so the National Football League doesn't want that anymore. They want to get through this season. And so this is something where they have put their foot down, and certain conferences have as well in, in college football. The Mountain West is one of the first ones to come out and say, no, we're not rescheduling. If you don't have enough position players, it is a forfeit, and we're moving it. on from that game. And you're going to see this a little bit more, and it's going to be a story, but it's going to be a story to a certain extent. Like when the one team, Mitch, has to forfeit a game yeah. because of something like this, Maybe you see it taken a little bit more seriously, and, and, and you know it's crazy that that's what might be getting teams to take it a little bit more seriously. How about but, that wake-up call? Right. If it would come down to that, actually. And imagine missing out on the postseason. If you have to forfeit a game and you miss out on it by one game, and right. that's the reason why it takes you down. Absolutely bonkers. Yep. Uh, and in baseball last night, you know Trey Turner's teammate, Max Scherzer, who's banged up right now, it came out that uh, there is tons of interest in Scherzer. And why would there not be? He is in the final year oh, of a seven-year contract. What do you got? Well, no, if, if the Rays do this... Because the Rays are one of those teams that Scherzer and Chris Bryant, let's go, arms race it up, just just keep adding. It would be absolutely nuts. That would be, now, I, I, but again, it kind of makes sense though, right? Because that's a team that would say to this guy who has three Cy Youngs, mm-hmm. the, the, they would not resign the guy. This is a perfect rental for a team like that, right? Right. And what did we talk about yesterday? It's a rental. You go out and you get him. Scherzer comes in. You go get Bryant. You're loaded to the gills of talent. Then you go. You try to defend your American League title. And then at the end of the season, let's say you can win one, whatever it is, Scherzer's free to go back to Washington. Yep. Did you see this report that came out last night? Hmm. John Heyman tweeted out that uh, Scherzer's preferred list of teams includes the Dodgers, the Giants, the Padres, and some others, but has said more about the ability to win this year and going forward. He'd like a team that he could stay with. Oh. He would prefer that over geography. Okay. So Heyman pointed out that a bidding war between three NL West leaders is certainly possible. You can't rule out the Dodgers. I mean, they, they need to absolutely, before anything else, and they lost again to the Giants. Uh, it's incredible. And I just, I, am I going to yeah. hear this again this week? They're going to run away with the division. If I hear that one more time, I'm going to break something in my yep. house. Well, in the way it went down, right throwing error, oh, God. like the, the different ways that they have lost these games. Specifically, you have you have the ridiculous check swing that wasn't. You have a throwing error. You have Kenley Jensen melting yeah, down. Like yeah. the way that they have lost these games. Good call. <laughs> so yep. stupid. Yep. The, the Jansen stuff. If they don't address that in the next couple of days before yep. the deadline, that that needs to be the number one concern for the team, obviously. But also, like the idea of the Padres adding Scherzer, one of his preferred teams on his list, the Padres. Yep. Do you know how creative they could get then, like with using guys in their bullpen? Absolutely. Oh my God! With you could go Scherzer, Darvish, Snell, uh, and then in, in any direction after that that you would like. Shoot, I mean, can you make the argument that Snell's a bullpen guy? Right? That, that's that's him, exactly uh, what I'm thinking. Right? Yeah, sure. Middle relief guy, whatever. Long it is. Long relief comes out. Yeah. Now I do wonder, right? So we talk about the ability to win. What I find interesting about like the three NL West teams, right, in terms of being on Scherzer's list, there is a chance that Scherzer, let's say he picks the Padres, and all of a sudden. Well, now you just got to win a one-off against the Dodgers in a wild-card round. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like teams that are on that list, like if you're like the Astros or if you're the Rays, become slightly more attractive only because these are teams that, 
and the Giants of the or excuse me, the Padres and the Dodgers could still win their division. But like, let's see the Astros, for example. Astros have a gap between them and the oh, Oakland yeah. Athletics. Yeah. Wouldn't that become a little bit more attractive? Because now you at least know you're getting a series out of this thing, right? But as opposed to joining a team and then being like, ah, oh, one off, okay, well, we're done. That is going to be nuts, right? Like all three of these teams. This happened in the NL Central a handful of years ago, where the Cardinals, the Pirates, and the Cubs. I think there was one year where the Cubs and Pirates won high 90s. Cardinals won over 100 games. Yeah. So then, like, one of those teams that did not win 100 games, it's like, hey, great great six months. Go play one more game to see if you're going to be eliminated or not. Yep. You almost won 100 games. Go win. Yes, right. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. So, you know, there's a team that I did I haven't seen mentioned anywhere, and I know that Scherzer, I don't think it was on his list of preferred teams, but of that long list that we showed you of teams that, have, you know, would be, there's no Brewers? Yeah. Right? Imagine. Huge lead in the Central. Uh, they have, people might hear this and say, well, you're a dummy. They have three guys at the top that are, again, but this would be a Brewers move that they did this with Sabathia back in 2008 with really no intentions of re-signing him, if I recall correctly. And uh, Sabathia was awesome that year down the stretch, right? And they made a run. The Brewers could add Scherzer to Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. Yeah. And then exa- they could actually play it out like we just talked about with the Padres. You could float it around to where one of those guys would be like long middle relief, where you'd come out, you know, and pitch like innings three through seven or whatever it is, and then go to the bullpen. I mean, I think that could they have the players to pull it off? Sure, every team could actually make something happen if they wanted to, right? If mm-hmm. they have the prospects, the Brewers would be a team that I think would make a ton of sense to go for it for one year. Well, and I mean, I would argue too. I mean, I don't think the hey, you already have three guys is a great argument. Okay, give me four. Give me, give, give me one more. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, give me. So now I have in a series, I can go four games where I am confident. I at least three times out of the four, I can get a dude to at least get to the seventh inning and then hand it off in my bullpen. Right. And right. given the fickle nature of their lineup at times too. Wouldn't you rather have three or four guys that can hold down an opposing lineup to give your lineup sure. a little bit of time? Sure. They're going to work through some of the kinks that we have seen. So, I, no, absolutely, that would make some sense. Yeah. You know, that was, uh, I'll go back again. That was, what, late 2000s, like 2009-ish with the Phillies? Mm-hmm. When they their big four at the time was, uh, what, Doc Holiday. Yep. Um, Cole Hamels. Um, um, Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee yeah. and I'm blanking, uh, no, Roy Oswald. Yeah, they had all four of those guys for a stretch, and the thought is like, okay, we have four great starters. What can we do here? Well, you just you you, you can utilize it to, you know, your optimum, you know, whatever. I mean, just put it together, and it's going to give you the best possible chance to win a championship. And if you want to go four guys in the rotation in a series, or if you want to put like Oswald in the bullpen, you have that flexibility. Yep. Now, I, look, I'm of the belief, especially in today, like you can't have enough pitching. You can't. Yeah. So just keep adding. If it's a starter, if it's a reliever, if it's close or whatever it is, just add it. Because you see these teams get so creative. You see guys all the time. How many times have we seen in the postseason the dude make the transition to middle reliever, long relief guy and absolutely contribute in massive ways to their teams in yep. postseason sure. runs? Sure, of course. You never have enough arms. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Turns out lane 40 points uh, was not too bad of a bet uh, earlier this morning or late last night, depending on how you look at it. And uh, another smokescreen, possibly. But uh, could the Pistons really draft at number one, make the pick, and the name is not Cade Cunningham? That's coming back.
Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's really good? Creighton, you don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd, cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. First Bet has a special offer for new customers. Get an instant $10 free upon sign-up and then earn $10 for every $1,000 wagered up to $1,000. Visit vcin.com slash horses uh, for details. And uh, the show is also brought to you by Odds Trader. We are live, as always, from the oddstrader.com studio here at Circa Resort and Casino, uh, where you can get real-time bet tracking, live in-game odds and stats. You can compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses all at Odds Trader. 
Sports.com. Uh, by the way, to revisit our conversation on baseball from like you know five or six years ago, I'm looking at the NL Central standings right now from 2015. Yeah, Cardinals won 100 games, Pirates won 198, Cubs won 97. <laughs> Two of those teams had to play. Just a one-off. Yep. There you go. And the Pirates, I think, uh, yeah, they lost the game to the Cubs. Was that what year was that? Yeah, it was 2015. Okay. Because there was it wasn't there a year two where there was a there was an extra game of one sixty three to decide who the play the uh, wild card oh, I think, games. I think were. we've had that multiple times. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you play one one off and then you get to another one. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I think there was a there was a play in game. I, boy, now I'm gonna I'm gonna guess two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. Rockies Padres. I want to say and it came down to a plate. The plate. Yeah. If my memory's correct on that, I'll look that up too. Um. Yeah. Was Adrian Gonzalez still on the Padres? Yep, rip the game call it game one sixty three. Rockies beat San Diego nine to eight. Fourteenth win in fifteenth games. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that's the year then sure, that's the year that the Rockies could not lose in September. Yep. And they were blazing hot and they were winning like they had October. 20, yeah, twenty game win streak or whatever it was, and they yep. went under the World Series and they were swept by the Red Sox. That Good was call. A, okay, yeah. Yep. Um so Team USA, did you stay up and watch the game? Uh, no, I did not. It was so in, it's in the, no man's land. Well, yeah. See, that's it. so. I thought they were going to do a pretty good job of like always at least putting Team USA in like the five a.m. range, something like that. Right. And maybe that's just my ego as an American to think like, of course, they'll be nine forty or right one a or five a.m. somewhere I can watch it. But no, it was in the middle of the night at one o'clock. Uh, and I guess this kind of a game against a team in which you're a forty point favorite, you probably don't want to put that out because uh-huh. not a lot of people are going to stick around for the whole thing. But a result that we kind of expected. Uh, not unlike the Green Bay thing, with it, where Ian Rapport said we expected the yes. whole time. I think you kind of expected this to a certain extent against Iran. Iran has zero NBA players on, right. this, on this roster, right? And so they were like Team USA was going to take out their frustrations or dominate a team at some point in pool play, and this was a team that made a lot of sense. And so they won by you know they they won and covered that game was actually it was kind of funny because it opened up with thirty seven and a half, mm-hmm. got as high as forty one and a half, and then I think bet. You don't, did you see where it's close I saw at? some closes, like 39 and a half, somewhere in that okay. range, so yeah. it came back down. I'll, I'll be totally honest. I thought the game was tonight. Yeah. Because, I do, because here's the thing. They, on the calendar, they have July 28th. Right. That's today. And then it said 12.40 a.m. Eastern time, which would mean, I thought, like, yeah. tonight, 9.40 p.m. Pacific time. But no, 28th, because, you know, Tokyo is, what, 16 hours ahead of us? I am telling you right now. This is what, I tell, this is what I'm telling you. My complaint is not watching these games. I can find them. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 30. Okay, I understand streaming services and all of that. Give me a schedule that has the proper times. Right. I'll watch. I'll watch fencing. I'll watch soccer. I'll watch all of this stuff. But I just don't know when it's happening because of the time difference. It's driving me insane. I, I will watch the most ridiculous sports that I didn't even know existed in the Olympics. Right. And probably enjoy myself because the appreciation factor will be there. I swear to God, the schedule said July. I had it. I had it. It was right in front of me. It said yep. July 28th, 940 p.m. Pacific. That means tonight. Like, like I said yesterday, man, don't give me Greenwich Mean Time plus six. Like, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know. Yeah, I have no like, clue. Just, just converted for me, right. okay? When I go on ESPN, the time zones are converted. Yes. I know what times are everything right. is. Give me the time. I can figure out time zones from, like, Hawaii through Nova Scotia. I'm, pr- <laughs> I'm pretty good, right? Like, I don't have a problem knowing what the thing. Like, I always found it funny when I was much younger that people, like, Wherever, if I would, it, pr- producing like radio shows many, many years ago, like out here in the West Coast, I'd call somebody like on the East Coast and say, well, our show's at 11 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, does that make it 8 a.m. my time, Eastern time? 
How do you come up with that? How do you not know it? How old are you? You're 42 years old. You don't know that you're three hours ahead of us. That might you be go it. backwards. Uh, all right, never mind. We don't need you. Or or they would go six hours ahead of us. <laughs> so 11 o'clock your time means 5 p.m. tonight. Me? Yeah, right. no, I'm busy tonight. No, 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 no. Can you do the math a little bit better than that in your head? You're, Is it possible? The sun rises on your side of the continent. All right. Like, yeah. That means you're ahead. Right. Uh, any concerns for you with the uh, Australian ticket 20 to 1? They were laying uh, eight points against Italy, seven and a half points against Italy. They only won by three. Yeah, to a certain extent, right? Because you, in the first half, it was relatively close against Nigeria. They end up pulling away, a team that they blew out in the friendlies without four starters. So you kind of got the result you were looking for. But with the Italians, I don't power rate them as really high in this tournament. Like Nico Melli and Dino Gallinari are on this team, and he only played Gallinari 19 minutes. So. They won. That's the important part. They're going to move on to the next round. But it is a little worrisome. They struggled with a team that they didn't think was going to be that good. Well, it's more important that they did not cover. Yes. Because I, I had them. <laughs> I laid the 7.5 last night with Australia. I got them 20 to 1. So yeah. I, I just need them to win, baby. We'll get into today's Major League Baseball card coming up next. And again, a couple of guys last night yanked from games, not in games. We'll tell you about that coming up. You're looking for a hot tip and just a tip to bet on. Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com. Find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips, and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports, and to make your experience even more rewarding. Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at playsugarhouse.com in New Jersey. Got to be 21 gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 100 Gambler. Indiana, 1-800-9 with it. Colorado, 1-800-5-2. 4700 Michigan 1-800-270-7117 Virginia 1-888-532-3500 Iowa 1-800-BETS off Man, great job rattling off those numbers So the news last night in Major League Baseball We talked about Trey Turner a little bit earlier today in the yeah. program He left the game last night against the Phillies And boy, what a home run by Soto if yeah. you, whole Opposite field that traveled that far Like almost beyond like that whole set of uh, He's one of my favorite players, man oh, He's so great. good, he's so good But So he was pulled out of the game again People were assuming it was a trade uh, the Nationals broadcast crew really didn't know what was going on. They showed a replay of Turner. looked like he may have been injured. That wasn't the case. He has COVID. We got news last night from The Athletic. came out that the Brewers announced Christian Yelich tested positive for COVID-19. He is now in quarantine after being fully vaccinated, according to one of their writers. So, And you talked about uh, your father-in-law? No, stepfather. Oh, stepfather. Yeah, Sorry, stepfather. yeah. Delta variant, fully vaccinated. Yeah. Sick as hell for three weeks. Yep, crazy, man. Wow. It's crazy world out there. Jeez. So that's, and you know, Yelich is not having a great year this year, mm-hmm. but I would tell you that I think the Brewers probably need him in the lineup if they want to make a deep run yes. in the postseason to have that bat there in the middle of the lineup. So he's out after being fully vaccinated. Turner left the game last night. This is continuing to be a thing, and it, uh, you know, I mean, it's part of the handicap that I thought was going to be away or gone by now. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, it, it's not. Yeah, given but what we know a little bit about this is the, the good thing is like even a guy like Yelich, right? If he tests positive for COVID nineteen, because of being fully vaccinated, the time for him to return is going to be much quicker, right? Than an unvaccinated player and not showing symptoms, all those things. So it seems like maybe he'll be back quicker and sooner rather than later. But uh, regardless, like you said, like if we're going to get to the postseason, right? And you're starting a series, and then all of a sudden, Alex Bregman can't play. 
you know, something like that. Sure. Like that's, that, that is going to be something that I'm with you. I thought we were going to be done with, but it is apparently not the case. All right, so let's look at the schedule that we have coming up tonight. Uh, Blue Jays and Red Sox postponed last night due to rain. Supposed to get uh, Mats versus Hauk in this game today. As you pointed out the other day on the air, um, the Red Sox very good against lefties. Mats goes. His numbers overall in the season. Actually, the ERA is 4.34 JVT. Mm-hmm. The FIP, a little bit better at uh, 4.05. The XFIP is 3.77. He's actually striking out nine-plus batters per nine. And his BABIP, a little bit high at 321. And uh, Hawks only pitched 18 innings, but he's got decent numbers. You know, 2.50 ERA, sub-two FIP, and 11.5 Ks per nine. And uh, Blue Jays catching 126 in this game. Red Sox laying $1.38. Yeah, you know, Matt's, I think, would be... I like Matt's a lot, like you mentioned, because the thing you like about him is over the course of a large sample size, his numbers have been really solid. Like 434 and the 377 differential between the ERA and XFIP. For me, that's a guy that I would play on. The problem for me is, of course, you have to be a little bit nuanced in the matchups. And the fact that the numbers are so good for Boston against left-handed pitching, it, it makes me back up a little bit here. Like, if you're giving me in the range of, like, plus 135, something mm-hmm. like that... You can, you can get me in here on the Toronto Blue Jays, but I want a little bit more than what you're getting back at this point right now. I agree with the overnight move on the Yankees. Opened up here, plus yeah. 122. Cortez takes on Waka in Tampa tonight. Uh, the Rays were $1.33. They're down to around $1.20 right now. Are the Yankees going to score some runs today? My feeling is yes, Waka. Overall, his number's not very good. A 5.16 ERA. The FIP is in the same ballpark. He walks batters, allows home runs, and strikes out shy of eight per nine innings pitched. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that is probably something. I would think that this is the game in which the offense breaks out a little bit. And by the way, yesterday they almost blew it too. Yes, like, almost again. <laughs> like you, you have all this Chapman playing with fire at the end of that. I think did, did Cruz get up three nothing in that final at bat? I think whatever it was. I thought they were going to blow it again last night. Uh, but no, I would expect this has written all over it a, a matchup in which you're going to see a little bit of a breakout here because for me. You know, at, at around like when you get to five, especially on that XFIP, those are guys that you want to look to play against in certain matchups. Yeah, yeah. And Cortez has enough in terms of a sample size. It's not massive, but over 27 to two thirds where you can kind of believe in him. And even if there's a differential 195 to 346, that's still going from an insanely good pitcher over 27.2 innings to a really good pitcher. So I think that this would be, if you're looking at the Yankees, I would agree with that. What do you want to do with the Dodgers-Giants game today? 9.45 p.m. Eastern, 6.45 out here. Walker Buehler, uh, I want to call him a dark ho- a horse Cy Young candidate in the National League, yeah. but he is down to 10-1 to at some spots. If you look around, I saw 35-1 to on him. He's 10-1 and overall on the season, 2.31 with the ERA. You know, he's been fortunate with the BABIP. It's 234 on the season. Uh, money came in a little bit on the Giants overnight, and they won again. Mm-hmm. And uh, Di Sclafani goes today for San Francisco. 10-4 and four on the year with a 2.87 ERA, a 3.61 FIP. So I hate to say this, and maybe this is crazy, but are we still at the point, given the fact that Desclafani's numbers have been rock solid across the board, his strikeouts are up, he has shown no indication that he's going to regress here, right? If you look at everything that he has done this season, indicates that he is the pitcher that we're watching. We have seen the issues that the Dodgers have. We're still laying a die. I get it's Bueller, and Bueller's been great, but if you're looking at just a pitching matchup on the way that these lineups and bullpens have been performing... Is dollar forty-five on the road there for the Los Angeles no. Dodgers still? No way. Right? I no think way. It's going to be Giants or pass. For, I would agree with it. It's Giants or pass in this matchup. I, I am betting the Giants in this game today. Yep. Yep. And if not, and like I understand the total being as low as it is too, and maybe a first five under because that four, given these two pitchers and the way they performed, seems a little high. 
But that is the way I would either go. It would be Dodgers, or maybe Giants, and in terms of the money line or under in the first five, because I do believe that these two pitchers are rock solid. A's at the Padres. That was a loser for me last night as uh, Caprillion gave up five runs in the bottom of the fifth to blow a 3 2 lead, and the Padres won that game 7 4, and I lost my first five bet because the pods exploded in that fifth inning tonight. It's uh, Manea versus Snell, and here you go, Snell, right? Uh, He was really, really good his last start on the road against Miami, which we talked about and called. Got that one right anyway last week. At home, though, his numbers throughout the entire year are tremendous. JBT, he's 3-0 overall. The ERA is sub-1-5. His whip is round one. Strikeouts per nine, 13.1. He's been great in this spot. And he gets an A's team with Manea, who's having a solid season across the board. Yep, uh, I think it would be Snell here. Like Snell has been, I, I think I told you when you were out on vacation, Snell was one of the buy-low pitchers. Yep. Snell's got a lot of things to work with. You mentioned the home numbers. He's a good strikeout pitcher. If he just cuts down on the walks, that he is going to be fine. And you look at his home numbers in terms of the advanced numbers as well. 274 XFIP when he pitches in San Diego. Right? Like it's, it's, in crazy, it's crazy what you look at with this perspective. So I think it would be Snell here. Yep. Uh, a guy who goes tonight at this point, if DeGrom's injury like lingers for a while, I actually think as of today... Mm-hmm. That if Degrom would not, let's say Degrom would not win the Cy Young, I personally would give it to Zach Wheeler. Oh. His numbers are awesome, but look at this now. He opened up a dollar eighty. He's up to almost two ten now. Deserves it. I, so again, referencing when humans and I were filling in, there were two guys that if Degrom was going to be hurt, that you circled, and I, for me it was Woodruff and it was Wheeler because their numbers indicated yep. no regression coming whatsoever. Yep. Wheeler has been awesome, absolutely awesome. Absolutely. Up next, betting the NBA draft with current draft positions. He's mocked at, on average around 15, and you might find his number around 12. Details on that coming up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. 
Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Sign up today for the DraftKings Sportsbook. Get a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Simply download the app, sign up using promo code VSIN, and get started with the only top-rated sportsbook that matters, DraftKings. You can bet on it. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana. That number is 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Back here on Follow the Money. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, Mitch Moss along with JVT today. So the draft comes up. I think I have the time zone right on this one, right? And the, and the date? <laughs> I think right. so, yeah. Uh, tomorrow night? That's yeah, uh, actually live in Tokyo. They're going to do it. Yes, right. So good at, luck finding uh, this one. 1800 Greenwich Mean Time plus yeah. seven. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how reliable this year do you think the mocks are going to be? Because, you know, they are in unison, not on every player, certainly, mm-hmm. and they're never going to be, but like at the top. Do you feel pretty comfortable right now with like the first four picks in order who it's going to be? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like the top four are as close to being set in stone as you possibly can. Really? Okay. Uh, it, only because, so look, you, you mentioned the, some of the smoke screens around Cade Cunningham. It's not happening, right? So we get a report that, hey, man, Detroit Pistons might be cooling on Cade Cunningham, might not want him. But then you get the other report that says they got an offer, Shea Gillers Alexander, the sixth overall pick, and they said, <laughs> now we're good. You get the report that the Houston Rockets have been banging down their door trying to acquire the first overall pick, and they've told the Houston Rockets, now we're good. So if they're not, like, right, like, and all indications are both Oklahoma City and the Houston Rockets want Cade Cunningham. Well, if they didn't want Cade Cunningham, at the very least you would think you'd take something from Houston because then you're going to get your guy at number two. Sure. So why not move out of the, so we do this all the time. But by the way, would you consider Alexander in a, in a first-round pick from OKC for him? Hell yeah. I would absolutely consider Espe- that. Especially if you're the Pistons, right? Like, look at what the Pistons have. Like, I'm a big Sadiq Bay fan. Isaiah Stewart. Like, there's a lot of things to work with that roster in terms of youth. Jer- Jer- Jeremy Grant, of course, being over there in free agency this past year has been really solid. Like, if you're adding Shea Gilgis-Alexander that, that's freaking awesome. So I would totally Shea do that. Shea is phenomenal. Yes. 
one of the best young players in the NBA. And so you get that plus the sixth overall pick? Yeah. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is from Mark Stein's newsletter. Uh, thanks for reminding me. When he pointed out that uh, rival front offices continue to wonder, are the Pistons legitimately cooling on Cade Cunningham as the number one overall selection or simply trying to encourage stronger 11th hour trade offers for the top pick? One league source insists that one of the factors keeping the Pistons from um, committing fully to the selection of Cunningham is Jalen Green's recent stellar workout that apparently made the strongest of impressions. Mm-hmm. So, but here's the, so I talked about this with uh, Jim Ruth, Greenman Weave on, on the, the uh, on my podcast, uh, which is the NBA draft preview. But one of the things that is so attractive about Cade Cunningham, because you know there is the hey, he didn't really look that explosive. The NCAA tournament games were that great. But look at what Luka Doncic is. Luka Doncic is a six foot seven point point guard essentially, right? To have a guy who is six foot eight at the point of attack with the size and wingspan of a guy like Cade Cunningham, who still has the ability to shoot, shot forty percent, right, at Oklahoma State, has the ability to score, assist, do all of those things. That's really important in today's NBA. Oh you're no, not, you're not getting that many other places. And I think Jalen Green's going to be a really good player, but a six foot five kid who can shoot the ball really well and plays off ball is not going to be as important as a dude at the point of attack like Kate Cunningham with his size and his in his skill set. You know? Yeah, and uh, Fran Fraschilla, who is like the best on these guys, right. right? Including the international guys, but he calls a lot of Big Twelve games, and he sent out a, a video on Cade probably a couple of months ago. Now he was breaking down and pointed out, like, look at how tremendous Cade Cunningham already is in the pick and roll. Right. Like at 19 years old, how he fully understands, like that's what the NBA is like today. He he basically had it mastered last year. and It was a good refresher. Like, okay, I recall this a little bit when he was at Oklahoma State, but when he really breaks it down on film, you're like, yeah, he's awesome at the pick and roll. Yep, absolutely. And it might sound like, what are you saying? The pick and roll is important? Duh. Like, no, it's like, you don't understand the importance of the pick and roll in today's NBA uh, Probably like more than, I mean... More than anything, yeah, right? right? Like, they, everything is like, oh, it's just iso ball. No, it's not. Like, yeah, yeah. pick and rolls are, like, the biggest thing here. One of the biggest weapons for the Bucks in that uh, series against the Suns, it was the Chris Middleton, Giannis Antetokounmpo pick and roll. Like, all these things, the pick and roll and the Spain pick and rolls that the Suns ran, that was the biggest part of their offense throughout the entire season. So, to have a guy who can run that effectively, absolutely. Okay, so let me throw one player at you. If you if one through four, for the sake of this anyway, if we know it's going to be one through four, who the guys are going to be, right? It's going to be Cunningham, mm-hmm. Green, Mobley, Suggs, in theory. So, at that point, number five, who is it going to be? The magic are on the clock. I'm looking at sports books right now. Scotty Barnes from FSU, he's five and a half. This actually, yesterday he was six and a half minus four dollars to the under. Yeah. Today at DraftKings, he's five and a half. And at other books, minus four dollars to the under. At another book, he's four and a half over minus three forty. Does he is that the exact landing spot, or do you want to make a case for him to actually go over five and a half? I want to make a case. That he he's going to go over five and a half, right? And to, if you look at some of the reports too, because this is my problem where I have some trepidation of making the case, because as we know, drafts are informationally based, and I cannot find a shred of information that says anything about Scotty Barnes not going to Orlando, right? If you can go to Jonathan Gavoni's mock draft in which he says, "quote The league is largely locked into the idea that the Magic will start their draft by selecting Barnes," but the reason why I want to make the case is the Orlando Magic were a team, Mitch that were the third-worst shooting team in the NBA from three. They were the second-worst offensive team in the NBA. And Scotty Barnes is going to be a really good player. But to address those needs, you're going to add a six-foot-nine guy who can guard one through five but can't shoot the ball and really doesn't have any shot creation of his own. Mm-hmm. You already have Jonathan Isaac coming back. Absolutely. Who's, who's in that realm in terms of his skill set. The, the Orlando Magic have a million guys who are six-foot-eight, six-foot-nine with a bunch of length who can't shoot. So I just from like a roster perspective, I just can't. Fit that together. You don't see how it's going to work. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I cannot find one person 
that says that Scotty Barnes is going to go. Like, the Oklahoma City allegedly have interest in Scotty Barnes at number six, and that would make some sense. He would fit very well with them. But interest is different from intel that says that he's going sure. to be available, and I can't find it. So, like, I said this on the podcast, and I wrote about this, too, in Pointsburg Weekly, where if it gets to a certain price, if we're talking, like, plus 350 to get in the range of not, like, owing over that five and a half or Oklahoma City, whatever it is, that, to me, will be, like, a buy price on it. That's enough. Mm-hmm. to give me a shot here where, okay, that's enough of a plus price and an implied probability that I want to take that shot that he's not going to go to the Orlando Magic because I just I don't see it from a roster perspective. Chad Ford is the one guy who does not have Barnes going number five. Right, yeah, there was the one. He has him going number four. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's he's the, the only thing. guy. And like I just and if, if I remember correctly reading his, and that's the other thing I always find important with reading these mock drafts. So, like, for example, uh, Kevin O'Connor, right? Kevin O'Connor had uh, Sengun going to the Sacramento Kings. He was one of the higher guys that had Sengun going number nine. Right. What it's worth, yeah. Kevin Pelton loves him. Yes, right. But my thing was, the reason why I take that with a grain of salt is, O'Connor's analysis is absolutely correct where he's absolutely he's a gem of a fit for what the Sacramento Kings want to do. But it's not based on any intel that the Kings are really interested in doing it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And so, like, while that sticks out to me, I'm like, well, like I, I can completely agree with that. But it's based on fit and X's and O's as opposed to I am hearing this. Of and course. In, in an of event course. like this, right. like, I, I, I want more of... I have talked to somebody that told me this is going to happen, and it's the same thing with Barnes. Like I just, yeah, yeah. I want that information, but I, I just can't find it. I'll give you one. So I'm looking at numbers right now on Keon Johnson, who opened up by the way. The number was eight and a half. Mm-hmm. He is twelve and a half for the most part across the board. He's thirteen globally at one book. He's thirteen and a half at another uh, sports book that's um, in you know a legal sports book across the country. But the twelve and a half on the over, you got to pay between like a dollar thirty-five and a dollar fifty. Uh, Keon Johnson is going like as low as twenty per mox yep. in his draft position right now is twelve and a half. Kevin O'Connor, his latest mock yesterday, actually has him going number twelve. Mm-hmm. He's the one guy that's actually mocking him at number twelve, so it would go under everybody else like sixteen, twenty in that range. Yeah, I, I think. So if we're talking, if you can find a price that's in the in the range of like a dollar twenty five, I thought Keon Johnson would be fair to take a shot at that going over, right? And only because, like you said, and once we start to get, once you start to get to that like thirteen fourteen at the end of the lottery type range, that's where all hell breaks loose to a sure. certain extent. Because now you're just talking about okay, like how do you project a certain guy? What do we evaluate with him? What are we looking for? And a Keon Johnson, by all indications from scouting reports, has like a baseline of play but he's not an overwhelmingly great player. And so you can take your shot in the lottery on somebody else and, and feel fine, like, ah, you know, maybe he'll be around later or we can find somebody else. He's not exactly a plug-and-play guy, but he's not exactly a like terrible developmental piece that you got to sit on for a while. So he looks like one of those guys that could slip past in, like the, the lottery and get like 15, 16. All it takes is one team, by the way. Of course. One team to say, well, no, we like this guy. And that, that could happen like around... You know, six, seven, eight, nine in that range as well. But you're right back into the lottery where who knows it could get a little, uh, you know, off the rails. Josh Giddy, for example, mm-hmm. um, he's now uh, O'Connor is mocking him at number seven. A lot of other guys mocking him at number ten, and his movement is uh, is back down to. T- I think I saw a nine and a half actually here in Las Vegas yesterday on Giddy now. Well, yeah, see, because I, I thought it, like when you looked at so ten and a half, it doesn't seem like Giddy's getting past ten. Right, because that's the way it feels right now. Yes, and but and here's the fly in the ointment. This is what I find pretty fascinating about this situation because he is tied a little bit to Franz Wagner, right? So let's say the Warriors don't draft Giddy, okay, and then you get to number nine. Sacramento Kings, by all accounts, want out of that selection, even though that Franz Wagner has been tied to them in every single mock draft that you look at. But the, the Kings don't want to make that pick. 
So let's say they trade out of the pick and it's not Wagner who's there. Well, all of a sudden now you have Wagner who's available, who the Memphis Grizzlies love, or Giddy who could be available. Like both could be available there. And like it sounds like they actually want Wagner more than anything else. Mm. So what if that's the case? What if, like, like that's why I think like where what happens with Giddy is what happens if the Warriors pass on him? Both him and Wagner are available for the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies are like, now we'll take Wagner. And then all of a sudden now you're talking about a dude who's been moving in terms of his draft position, now available past 10. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that opens up. See, it takes one team like that to throw everybody's mock off right. and then put you know, bets off as well. And you're like, okay, now, now what the hell is going to happen? How many other guys is that going to affect? I'll give you an example of uh, you know, Chris Duarte from Oregon, right? Yep. I believe his number opened up at 20 and a half. And hell, that was available, I believe, over the weekend. Well, he is now... I was going to say dropping like a rock. I meant it the other way. He's, right. he's skyrocketing up the draft charts, right? Um, the mock drafts. Uh, Duarte's current number here in Las Vegas is 14 and a half, and I think that's pretty much the common number. Let me see here. Duarte, where are you at today? 15 and a half, 14 mm-hmm. and a half, 15 and a half. He's in that range, right? Um, and he's been mocked at 12, 13 in that range, 14. He's now getting mocked at 19 by O'Connor. Yeah. All of a sudden. And other guys have actually dropped him now recently as well. Like, what the hell's going on with that? Right. And to your point about just takes one team, uh, remember, two recent examples. Patrick Williams going fourth overall. Nobody saw it coming. Yep. Cameron Johnson going 11th overall. Suns were crucified for it, too. Like, you see these reaches because teams just want their guy and they fit their profile. Yep. And sometimes it works because Williams and Johnson have actually been pretty good players. According to one report, this superstar would consider uh, asking for a trade if this does not happen. about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billy Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline.
Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.